Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, we're recording. Welcome everyone to the Rank Rat Report podcast. Uh, recording this one Wednesday, December 13th, a little bit of a late one as always, joined by Jason. Yes, yes, it's a late one, but it will be a good one. Um, good couple. I'm, 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 I can't wait to get into the games this week, so I'll just stop talking. I'll let you get do your thing, and we'll get into the games. We have four games to get into as well. Rare, yes. the rare quadruple game set because we've been doing two game sets for a long time. It feels like now. It feels like it's been like the last three or four weeks or so. But finally, we get four games to get into and a lot not just happened in the games but a lot happened off the ice a lot happened in terms of roster management and such and illnesses and this and that and father's trip but so we'll get into all that we're going to get into a little bit of uh leafs prospects a couple leaf prospects made team canada for the world juniors that hasn't happened in a little while we'll talk a little bit about that and we're also going to get into jason you had something else on the docket and i'm a terrible host and yeah I some 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 third line talk again for the thousandth time but i feel like it's something we need to talk to obviously jt a thousandth point and then if we have time we might take a look at some goalies in case this joseph wall injury is no bueno oh i think be very interesting to uh you know get into more of the the goalie talk because do you go out and get another goalie do you you know it's uh yeah. it's part of the it's, it's part of the int- question i feel like it yeah. is definitely a little bit of a conundrum for the leafs right now and we'll get into my thoughts on the goaltending how the goaltending played this weekend how the goaltending sits right now but first we want to give a big shout out to our friends at Manscaped. Santa baby, the season for a fresh cut is finally here with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming have launched their fifth-generation lawnmower to help you avoid another silent night in the bedroom this year. Take care of your special snowflake with Manscaped and watch your South Pole shine like never before. Get the best stocking stuffer of all by going to manscaped.com and using the promo code RINKRAT, that is R-I-N-K-R-A-T, for 20% plus free shipping. That is 20% off, it should read, plus free shipping. Imagine that, a promo code 20% extra. You get to pay 20% more for this product. No, with Manscaped, you get 20% off the lawnmower 5.0 is out i highly recommend that one they got a little light on the the razor too so you you can shave in the in the freaking dark for all you for all you care without uh taking off anything down there but manscape.com promo code rink rat shall we get into the games let's do it a very interesting mixed bag where do you want to start? Do you want to start most recent or do you want to start 
Ottawa well, all the way on Thursday. I thought Ottawa, it feels like Ottawa happened four weeks ago. That's the thing. Let, let's get into the most recent because it's the most fresh in our mind. Then we'll kind of conglomerate everything after mm -hmm. that. So the most recent one, the most recent game. I, I, I'm itching to get into right. this one. Yeah. I was listening to a little bit Toronto media, radio, whatever. And I know I complain a lot about it. Some of it, some of it had some good points, whatever. What was off about it though, and what's been off about quite a bit of this, the Leafs went on the latter half. Let's let's laundry list out everything right now. I like this. Latter half of a back to back. The second game of a back to back in New York. New York's an exceptional team this year. Are they first in the Metro or are they? I think I think they were first when we played them. I don't know if they're still first now. Probably because it's not still first now. Yes, though. they're first by a landslide. New first York, New York, Metro. one and two by the way. Exactly, playing some good hockey too recently. The the Rangers have been no. Very good. Oh yes, very good. Yeah. Very good. The first in the Metro, yeah, six and four in their last ten, so not too bad. Right. So let's count it out. Latter half of a back to back. Playing the New York Rangers, who are first in the Metro. The flu bug went through the Leafs' room. So bad that Matthew Nice couldn't play, so knocks out a top six guy. Not that you already have God knows how many defensemen injured. Your starting goalie is injured. So you are playing on the latter half of a back-to-back -back against the team that is first place in the Metropolitan with your third-string goalie in net and missing a top six winger, and you won 7-3. to three. You were up 4-1 after the first period. Do you think with all that, that laundry list, that avalanche on top of them, what do you think the sentiment was after that game? I, I cannot Nothing. wait to talk about what the sentiment was. It was, was boring. I, I could not believe nobody was excited about that win. I have not seen anyone, I've not heard anyone talk with any ounce of excitement from that win, I realize it's December. I realize that's a regular season win. But did you hear all of the adversity, everything they had to overcome just to pull out two points there? That would have been the easiest mail-it-in game up. We don't have it tonight. Everyone's sick. Guys that were playing in that game were very sick. And th that was from Mike Johnson. He said, Matthew Nyes is extremely sick. There are a lot of guys in this game that are only very sick. And the Leafs won seven to three. We complain that they don't get up for midweek games. Ah, it was a sleepy Thursday game. Ah, it was a tired Thursday game. That's apparently only on home ice, though, because they played for how much was against them. They played a pretty damn good game. And we have to give them credit for that. And you know who showed up the most in that game? Your top four guys. Marner, two goals. Matthews, two goals. I'm sure Nylander had a couple points in there. He had at least one, I would say. John Tavares had a point at least in that one as well. And you know what? On top of all of that, Martin Jones had a solid game, I would say. That's your third string goalie that has a sub 900 save percentage in the AHL. He was above expected, according to ClearSight, in terms of his goals saved above expected. I think it was 3.91 for New York, according to ClearSight, and he, he let in three. 
It's a good point nine one up. First NHL start since last March. Not bad. Why are we not more excited about that? Why are we allergic to being not excited about this Leafs team? Because they're not winning games properly. It, I feel like it's twofold. I feel like one, it's because we've been sp- like spoiled for lack of a better term over the last couple of years with like immense regular season success, right? We're expected to win. We're expected to win at a minimum 60, 66% clip. We win two thirds of our games. That's what, like, okay, maybe not two thirds exactly, but around that range, right? That's what we're expecting. Points in two thirds. Point, point percentage, exactly, mm-hmm. to be at, right? That's what we're expected from this team, which is not normal, by the way. That's something that's not normal. Like a lot of teams, like, Again, you look around the league, there's teams struggling. On aggregate in the regular season, who has been a better team than the Leafs? On aggregate over the last, we'll say since twenty the 2021 season, so that weird bubble season. Since that season onwards, who has been on aggregate a better regular season team than the Leafs? Maybe just the Bruins, but like I still feel like they the had Bruins, one year maybe where they the Avalanche. almost made the playoffs. Yeah, Avalanche as well. Like the lightning lightning. haven't been that good. Maybe hurricane again. Like the it's it's the fact that we can't like the Leafs are the answer. Like that's the team that's been the most consistent. And people are gonna like laugh at this clip, this ultimate whatever, make fun of this. But it's like it's true. Like we've been good in the regular season. You know what? If you want to laugh about that, that's fine. But that's just a fact, right? So that that's one part of it. It's it's the spoiled. Like I don't want to say spoiled, but like we're just used to it. It's routine at this point. Mm -hmm. The other part is I think people were really excited to say. Once again, this team has no heart. This team can't close out games. This team always blows the, the lead. And I think a lot of people in that second period were excited because the Leafs went up 3-0. And then, or yeah, 3-0. Four, and then 3-1? 4-1. Four, 4-1. Four, hockey. It was 4-1. It was 4-1. And then they gave up two in the second, right? So people were kind of itching to be like, okay, like, look, this team has the heart. It's the same old Leafs team. And I think that's why people weren't really talking about it because that's the narrative they wanted to they wanted to run with going into the third period. But then we just blew the Rangers out of the water, scoring six goals against one of the best goalies in the NHL, Igor Shosturkin. So, I yep. mean, I, I don't know. There's a lot to be excited about. Listen, you, you just put six by Igor. The, the power play looks good. Like, the entire team looked good. I get it. We didn't have a good second period there. But, I mean... It's funny because you could like people could have ran with the narrative if they lost this game that they had no heart, no pushback. But then they literally just in the third period did that. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, it, it's sad to see that that's kind of the sentiment around the team that it's just tired and boring again. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right. Maybe it is December, and that's just kind of the general sentiment around the team that it's, eh, it's December. We're 35 games in. We know what's going to happen from here on out. So maybe that's the sentiment. But yeah, I don't but know. here's I'm, the I'm pre- other I'm thing. After the one. Here's the other thing. That wasn't their best, well, most well-rounded game this week. That came on Saturday. A 4-0 win. They gave up less than 20 shots. They gave up 18 shots total to the Nashville Predators. Oh, it's the Nashville Predators. They're in fourth in the Central. They are 16-13-0. That team's 7-3 in their last 10. They've won their last two games bef- at, right after the Leafs. And the Leafs blew them out of the water. It was not close. Like, they played awesome in that one. And then, you know what? They scrounged through three more points. They got three more points during this, uh, on Monday and Tuesday, against the Islanders, who are also playing some good hockey, despite they've got, like, four defensemen out right now. It's ridiculous. Um, 
and then the Rangers who are also playing some pretty good hockey. So just to extend from that three points on a back-to-back is successful. Like, I don't care what anyone says, even doesn't matter if the two points come on the the latter half of the back-to-back three points is successful. And uh, sorry to cut you off here, but if you want to continue, continue, I just wanted to quickly touch on the the Islanders game because I feel like, I mean, it wasn't obviously the best game that the least played, but I, I really feel like that the goal, like, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to throw it on Samsonov, but I feel like Samsonov didn't, Samsonov just doesn't look good. I've, I've kind of been waiting for him to turn it around, but Did you this was another, another instance of those games where it's like, when is this turnaround going to happen? Right. We're now 35, 36, 37, 38 games in. Uh, we are 20, we're 20 soon. Sorry. I'm thinking points. You're 20. Yeah. We're 20 games in. Oh my God. Um, we have 30, 35 points. That's uh, the late night pods kill me. Um, 26 games in, it's just, when is he going to do it? There's two thirds of the season left to, for him to do it. Like if he's like, he, this is right now is his opportunity to run away with the starts right now. I wouldn't be shocked if we've, as a result of this, Joseph wall injury, if we just swap back and forth between Martin Jones and, uh, Elias Samsonov, based on the last two games that were played right now, is that fair to say? Um, I wouldn't be shocked if Jones starts Thursday. I think they're going to go back to Samsonov, but I wouldn't no. be shocked if it, they go back to Jones. I mean, he played pretty well. Samsonov didn't play that well. I think Samsonov gets the shot next game, but if it's like any, like if he, if he has like a, if he doesn't have a good game, then it's going to be Jones next. And it's going to be a back and forth thing where we're not just only going to see it as a result of it being a back to back. We're going to be seeing it because Sheldon Keefe is very, we saw last year with Matt Murray. He does not want his like goaltendings kill coaches. Goaltending kills coaches. That's usually what does coaching in is a lot of times it's a bad st- string of goaltending and an unfortunate on ice shooting percentage for the team. And that that usually just craters coaches. That, that's what happened. And I think Sheldon Keefe is aware of that. Paul Maurice not, with the Leafs. Exactly. He will not let a, a bad stretch of bad goaltending put his job at risk, right? And I think his job is actually re- like decently at risk here because. Just because this, I don't know if it depends, depends how much this manager, it's new management, it's hard to tell, but it depends how much this management is paying attention to the outside noise of the team, right? Because you know what? You can be critical of this team. They don't have a lot of uh, regulation wins. They don't have, they, they don't have that, that again, the, the narrative of not having the pushback. You could argue that these things are, are meaningful. I don't find them meaningful, but again, mm-hmm. new management might come in and see, hey, that might be a, a meaningful thing to them, right? So, I I I could see them going back and forth between Martin Jones and Ilya Samsonov here, which would be a shocking thing to see. If I told you that Joseph Wall was hurt, you'd be like, okay, how 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 is Samsonov going to play the next forty games? Right? No, that's what you'd be saying at the beginning of the season. But no, what's happening right now is like, (laughs) like, is he going to lose a spot to Martin Jones? Not actually, but he should. Martin Jones should not be getting any games, but and he's he will likely get these games, which is crazy to think about. Well, you should be like the way you should think it, before the season, you would have thought if Joseph Wool gets injured. The only way that Martin Jones is starting is on the latter half of back to back. Yes. Right. It's not the case. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think that should be the case either. I mean, like, did I like what I saw? Like the results from Martin Jones on, on Tuesday were great. I thought he played well. Yeah. I thought he made some huge saves, especially in the second New York scored two in the second he made 
three or four other big, big saves. In the first period, he had a huge save on Zibanejad as well. It was a cross-ice pass that he was able to get like the poke in on him. Um, but did I like what I saw? No, not really. Yeah, I saw a lot yeah. of mistakes. I saw yeah. not very good movement. I saw Martin Jones, yeah. right? You have to protect him out there. You can't give up too much. You can't give up too much movement, but yeah, like we'll see. But here's the thing: like we we Martin Jones didn't play well, and we're like, eh, like we we're okay with him starting over Samsonov. That's scary to me. That's scary to me. Right? Well, like not that he didn't play; he played well for him. Yeah, like I thought he, his he had, results were good, but he, he had flashes of not. I don't think he's. Yeah. I just still don't think he's very good. Fair. I'm gonna be honest, <laughs> but. I mean, what's my opinion on Samsonov? I saw just way too many mistakes again against the Islanders. I mean, the goals that stood out, um, I can't remember which number. I know number three for sure stood out. It was a weird icing play. He didn't play it. Like, when you see that the Islanders player has the jump on your player, like, they're obviously, they might wave it off. Like, you have to get out of your net and possibly play that puck. He didn't play it at all, so it goes through. Okay, whatever. Puck comes out out up, out up high, which I I think, in my opinion, Matthew Nyes was over challenging down low on that one. He gave up that that slot shot, like that's why the guy was so wide open on it. I think it was mm-hmm. Palmieri. Yeah, but that's neither here nor there. We're talking goaltending right now. The puck comes out. Samsonov also comes out. He challenge. He continues to challenge. Never gets his feet set. Doesn't see around Austin. Austin Matthews was screening him a little bit, so you have to give him the benefit of the doubt there. But he's never set. He's never centered to that puck. And as a result, he ends up in the back of the net. It was just horribly played by him. Ben broke that one down really well. And then he also broke down, I think it was the first goal from the Islanders. I, I want to say it was a one-timer from Brock Nelson, who's been playing very well with Pierre Engvall. That line is clicking. And guess what? Who scored tonight? Palmieri again. So line's looking re- Pretty darn good. Keep an eye on that one. But anyways, what happens? Samsonov goes down in that goal in the RVH. He stays in the RVH when he absolutely does not need to. A screen comes in front of him. He cannot see, obviously. And then the puck ends up in the back of the net. And it's like, geez, dude. So it's just small mistakes that he's making – like I, he's making way too many of them too. And it's just constant. It's the same mistakes over and over again. So I don't know uh, that Islanders game. I don't think he played that well and mm-hmm. they won. Right. So, or no, they lost in an overtime loss in overtime. Yeah. But yeah, felt like and when JT got his thousand, but how do you feel about the, the team clearing the bench for that? 100%. I love it. Okay. I, I, I it know too. it sounds weird. Yeah. And I really wonder, like people are saying, oh, that's the leafiest way mm-hmm. that Tavares gets his a thousandth point. Like they get it and then they lose. Would, the, yeah. would that be the leafiest way? I guess like heartbreak and the, like you, you, they, they pull you in and then they obviously let you down. Or would the leafiest way be like, it's that da- it's, it's, it's a six, one game. And then Tavares scores to make it six, two. And that's his a thousandth. And then they have to, 
That'd be the yeah. worst case scenario. That'd be brutal. Um, That'd be so bad. Could you imagine that? What would the Islanders fans do if it were to make it 6-2 Tavares scores with like 10 seconds left and the Leafs start clear the bench to someone? They'd start celebrating. Um, the, the Islanders fans would be cheering, like just je- or jeering, I guess, or like just, be you know, throwing like, shit at them. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Like sarcastically cheering, I guess, is the, what I'm trying to say here. I don't think um, they'll ever even cheer in the slightest bit of joy with John Tavares. It's crazy. Like, get over babies. it. Build a bridge. Like, I saw people trying to see, like, it's weird. Honestly, at this point, it's just weird. It's weird. Like, I don't know. Something don't know. to cheer against. I guess, I guess, yeah. I, you know what? It's passionate. I think the people like, that are like actually like on still online being like John Tavares is a snake, blah blah blah. Like even that, there was a. Did you see the video once he left? Oh, oh the dear God, John was, one. That is the funny. That's that's what pisses me off. The a most snake. Is, it's crazy, and it's, I don't know who. I, 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 like the people still that. doing that. I think are just like doing it for clicks and attention. For sure. Um. I have a question for you about the thousandth point. Are you, do you care about the thousandth point? Yeah. Cause like, what's the difference between 999 and a thousand and a thousand? Like, there's no difference to me. It's one point. A milestone turns one, like three. How many Round numbers are cool. Yeah. Like, I guess. Okay. Nine, Maybe nine, I'm just nine. being like an old man yells. Complete. I'm just being an old man yells at cloud for it. I, I'm like, I'm happy for him. Obviously it's like, it's to him an accomplishment, but like, eh, eh. Maybe I'm just. How many other players have hit a thousand points? I swear it's less than a hundred. Maybe, but how many players have hit 999? It's probably the same amount. Yeah, and (laughs) that's that's, that's just just looks stupid. Fair enough. Fair enough. One thousand is a milestone. It's a milestone. Yeah, I get. I get. get Mike Medano's at fourteen ninety nine. Do I discount him? No. No. Jason Spezza was five points off of something. I can't remember what number. 1,200? Maybe? I can, I can tell we you. got to look now. that up. Anyways, to get back to the games. So to close off the Rangers game, like the scoreboard, in my opinion, was a lot bigger of a difference than the actual chances for and against. The Rangers did get a lot of chances against Martin Jones. And when you look at the expected goals numbers from ClearSight, it was like 3.91 for the Rangers, 3.54 for the Leafs. The Leafs went up big early, and they did get lucky, and they got some very good bounces in this one, i.e. the Connor Timmons goal, i.e. Austin Matthews' sixth goal. Like, he walks in, he takes a shot, it's blocked, but then it ends up perfectly right back onto his stick, open net. Okay, like, that's where the bounces going for the Leafs made that big difference as well as they got some exceptional, exceptional chances. And I'm going to show one of them, and I'm going to roast two of the Rangers players because on that first goal, oh, my God. If I was a Rangers fan, I oh, I, don't, I, I would have lost my mind. At that no, notably, notably, just speaking of the Rangers, and it might have to do with something that you're going to bring up here, Blake Wheeler is has 922 points, so he's within – 122. Yeah, he's with within 88 of scoring his thousandth point, and then also Jason Spets has 955. It was sorry, 995. Excuse me. It was 995. Yes. See. <laughs> so I guess it does kind of sting. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Do you want? Do you want to bring up the Ranger stuff now, or do you want to go into the? 
No, let's uh, let's let's close off like the rest of the games. Like, I think Ottawa wasn't as bad as what the expected goals numbers say. I think it was a really bad first period. Joseph Wool held held them off. I think it's really funny that people are clipping that highlight of that huge save of his for like before he gives the puck away. Um, That's just the biggest sigh of relief ever when you give the puck away and then you're able to make the save. And it's like, it doesn't feel like, Oh wow. Like that was a good, it's like, Oh boy, (laughs) I got away with one there, but don't worry. He made like nine other 10 bell backdoor saves, breakaway saves, wide open saves. He was lights out in this one, but the Leafs did get a ton of chances as well in that one. Don't be mistaken on that. The scoring chances for and against on natural stat trick, the Leafs actually had more. I think that tells you a little bit there too. Um, And then lastly, in the Ottawa game, the lights went out and they did not blow it dead. The lights went out with less than a minute left in the game. They just, I don't know who was responsible for that, but that was to not call that also. That was really, really weird. But yeah, Nashville's was that Nashville game, the best game of the year from the Leafs, like the most complete effort. I think that was the most wire-to-wire complete effort from this team. Clobbered this season. And, of course, can have nice things. We'll get into it in a bit, but Joseph Hall, of course, gets hurt in that game. But and In Ottawa. Was it in Ottawa? Why do I think yeah. it was Nashville? I'm losing my know, mind. Samson off started uh, against Nashville. All right, never mind. Sorry, I don't know why I'm losing yeah. my mind. But Anyways. Yeah, and then the Islanders game again. Like, it was one of those start hot. Uh, get a power play goal. Actually, start hot. Never mind. Start hot. Ton of chances. Mitch Marner misses two breakaways. <laughs> Draws a penalty on the second one and then gets an assist in the power play. But really, really up and down game in that one. But you know, after the after the first period, like after the sorry, the, the beginning after the beginning of the third second period, where after the Islanders scored to make it three one. We really did start see the Leafs start to get gears in motion and play a better game there. But overall, out of a possible eight points, the Leafs get seven this week. I will take that. That's that's pretty damn good. I will take that. Like they were banged up to the point that they were playing William Lagus Lagerson, I think is how you pronounce it. They're playing Oops. playing him second pairing, right? Mm-hmm. And then he got sick. So you couldn't even play him second. But now you have to go to Max Lejoie, who I don't think they're going to be playing very much anymore. He, uh, he had a tough stretch. But, yeah. I'm happy with it. Seven points out of a possible eight. I know it wasn't, you know, you didn't blow every single team out of the water, but you found a way. Like, you matched bad periods with good ones. and. Like you won some games in regulation too. Three three regulation wins this week. It was more than what we had in like all of November. <laughs> so. And we're listen, and we're gonna we're closing the gap in our division. We're still games games we have less games played than the teams in front of us. We're one point behind Florida, right? We're we're with two games in hand. We're five points behind Boston with one game in hand. Right, it's yeah. very, very easy Four to catch up to behind Boston. Four points. Yeah. Are they have Boston, forty points. Oh, 
Oh yeah, sorry. They got a point tonight. They got a point tonight. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. But um Okay. So that means you have three games in hand or, or? two they have Oh no. We have one game in hand. One game in hand. Okay. And we're one we point go. behind. So, um or sorry, five points behind. Anyways, yeah. Listen, it's not like keep 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 on chugging. Keep on keeping on as the yeah. uh as the kids would say. Um Yeah. Top before- top pairings look good. Top line, yeah. sorry, top six looks good. The defense, yeah, that definitely needs some work. But yeah, and honestly, you know what? I'm gonna use this to segue into our sponsor over at DraftKings because you can bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbooks. I was just on DraftKings right now, looking at Norris Awards, and I know this is a crazy, crazy one, but Morgan Riley being priced at 150 to one to win the Norris, I feel like that's kind of high right now. That's too long of odds if you consider. One, that he is around 14th in points for defensemen. And if he were to get two points over his next two games, he would be in the top 10 in points uh, among defensemen. If you consider the amount of minutes he plays for this team, if you consider his role on this team, I think there's a chance. Obviously, Quinn Hughes, Kale McCarr having insane seasons right now. But I think there's a chance to make an argument that Morgan Riley could be one of the three at the end for Norris Awards. And you can find these odds courtesy of DraftKings. I'm not saying you should go out and bet it. I just think it's a little odd that he's with guys like Drew Doughty, Jake Sanderson, Brent Burns, Mackenzie Wieger, Shane Gosses Bear. Like I think his chances of winning are probably higher than that. 151 feels long to me. Not betting advice, just an observation. So, you can download the app today and use code THPN and new customers can get $150, excuse me, 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5. On hockey, that's code THPN. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK-467-369 in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 888- 789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are tra- registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. I don't know. Morgan Riley for the the Norris is that a thing or no? No. <laughs> Next. <laughs> no. I just hey, just feels short to me. But anyways, um, I've 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 placed worse bets. Uh, what do you want to get into Here next? You want to talk about Joseph Wall, I guess? Because I mean, high ankle yeah. sprain. For those who didn't see, high ankle sprain, injured in that Ottawa game. Leafs can't have nice things. Feels like he had a, we had a good goalie on our hands and he gets hurt with the high ankle sprain, which is really scary because depending on the type and like how it's situated on his leg, like where I believe there's multiple ligaments in, in that the back of your ankle and your around your ankle, depending on which ligament it is, it could be a big issue. I don't know if you've ever experienced a high had ever had experienced high ankle sprain or if you know much about it, but Ben mentioned on Twitter, it's going to be 
February Cernick, likely, who we had early. on as a guest before. He's on the yes. Goalie Science podcast. Uh, go on. Sorry. Had to yeah. introduce who he was. Yeah. Uh, he he mentioned that it would be February earliest. And like knowing, playing a lot of, like watching a lot of football and knowing a little bit about football, usually these high ankle sprains are have a very high risk of re-injury if not fully healed. So these players are usually out four to six weeks. That being a grade two uh, high ankle sprain, grade three could actually be like th- up to three months. So depending on mm-hmm. the grade of the injury, uh, it could be very, very not not good stuff for the Leafs here because if you do do the math, three months from now, that's past the trade deadline. So it's going to be pretty interesting to see um, how I guess they handle this situation here because high ankle sprains are very, very, very finicky. Like there's, there's a lot of... Being a goalie, I can imagine there's a lot of pressure on that ankle right there. So um, it's it's scary. I, I don't know. I, I can't remember the last time a goalie had a high ankle sprain. No, there's been a lot. So Really? Yeah. So this was from at It's Mitch Marnie on Twitter. Um, they put out, they actually outlined like four different goalies that suffered high ankle sprains and their timeline of what they missed. Um, it's actually a terrific tweet. And then like when you add it to what Ben said, it's, it's pretty well in line. So it was Saros missed at least four to six weeks in 2022. He missed the playoffs. So his training that summer, he said was had to be a little bit different. He had to play the puck. He was working more on puck handling because he couldn't do anything. Uh, but he missed, I want to say over six weeks. I don't know, but the season was over by that time. Anyways, Mm. Joey Decord, who now plays on Seattle. uh, He missed at least eight weeks in 2021. Dan Vladar missed six weeks in 2019. And then Robin Lehner missed 14 weeks in 2015. So you look, take a look at it. Probably six to 10, Right. Yeah, it 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 again all depends on the str- on the the grade of the strain. Yeah, if it's but uh, you also have yeah. to think about this and what will happen. He will have to be playing through pain for like the rest of the season. It's not going to be comfortable. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, I'm trying to find like I I do know a couple doc like I don't know them, but like I know of doctors on Twitter. One guy mentioned it could be a groin, but he was wrong about it. I'm just seeing if he had a follow-up on it. I can't find it, but... Nothing. Yeah. That's um, okay. Six it's, to it's ten worth... weeks, I would expect, like, February around February is when he's going to return. To what condition is he going to return? Uh, I have a hard time believing the same as before, pretty yeah. much, because it's a high ankle sprain. And that leads me to my next question with the Joseph Wall injuries. What, what should the Leafs do if push comes to shove Joseph Wall... Doesn't look like he's going to be ready to start. Like, let's let's say he's ready mid. Like, let's say he's ready at the beginning of March, right? Mm-hmm. What should the Leafs do if our goaltending situation keeps on, like, I guess, letting us down? If Ilya Samsonov doesn't look the part he looked last year, if he continues his poor play throughout this year, regardless of Martin Jones, because I don't think you can rely on, even if Martin Jones looks good, I don't think you can rely on Martin Jones in a long time. The reason why I bring this up is because yeah. we had this exact same scenario last year kind of inverse where the 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 worst goalie was hurt but the better goalie ended up having to play too many games which led to him get hurt down the road but we obviously had some goalie issues and it felt like we probably at the time should have made a move for a goalie 
to get some more surety uh, in, in our lineup there. And again, at the end of the road, we ended up having to start jo Joseph Wall, which again, not an issue. But in this scenario, at the end of the road, that means we're starting Martin Jones, right? That I'm not as comfortable with in the playoffs. There's Dennis Hill to be too, but I will get into him in a little bit. Yeah, but I mean, do you think that Dennis Hill to be is ready to come in to no. play meaningful no. NHL games? So again, do you think that do you? I guess put in put a percentage on what you think the Leafs trading for a goalie this year are. Oh, uh, like 20. Very low. 20%. Okay. Okay, 20 fair. Ish. Here's my fair. thing with Dennis Hill to be that I, like, I, I've had limited viewings. That's the issue. I'm trying to watch more of him before I actually put together, like, an analysis. But from the little bits that I've watched of him, he's an athletic freak. He's massive. But it seems like his reads aren't at an NHL level yet. However, in the AHL, he's been able to cover that with his freakish athletic athletic ability and his his size. He's just he's massive. He takes up a ton of net, but he, he moves pretty well too. So there definitely is something there, and there is potential with Dennis Hildeby, and he's putting up terrific numbers over a good sample size too. However, like I'm seeing some plays where I'm like. I don't know why he played it like this. This was a misread here. But again, I have to watch way more more of him uh, to see. So like if he comes in and he plays trying to think of a team that's not that good offensively. I don't know. Like if he plays in that Nashville game mm. per se from yeah. Saturday, I think he would be fine. Right. But then if he's playing in like a more like, like Tampa based power play, he'd get rinsed in my yeah. opinion, but yeah. I have to watch more. I have to, I do have to watch more before I can say anything, but the potential seems to be there with him. That's exciting to see. But I, again, I'm, I'm more worried and focused on this year. Yeah. Obviously. Um. So I'm going to list off a couple of goalies for you. Cause I've just looked okay. quickly scanned through the UFAs going into next year. And I'm honestly not impressed with the list. So I extended it to UFA's expiring contracts this year and then expiring contracts the year after. So we can looking at some goalies where we might actually be able to get some term here and get some surety under belt because then that second crop of players is actually kind of interesting. So based on the list right now, I don't see many intriguing names that are realistically on the move. We have guys like Cam Talbot, but I doubt he's getting moved from LA. LA is, no, a, he's is, is a contending team. Oh, They're, well, no, he's not getting moved like, yeah, this year. No. Yeah, yeah, of course. He's the, yeah. he's a contending team. It doesn't make sense for the movement. Next guy, I see is Peter Morazic. I don't want anything to do with that guy again. We don't need to run that back. Then we got Ranta. We got... Um, no, he's Ranta? Yeah. <laughs> What's his save percentage now? 860? 860. 859? Right? Like, I'm just, I'm just sorting by games played here. We got... Jonathan Quick probably won't get moved. Casey DeSmith for Vancouver probably won't get moved, right? So there's not a lot of room here for guys to get moved. A, a name I see that has like a decent save percentage is Kevin Lankinen, but not interested. And then the only other realistic guy I could see getting moved is Kapil Kakinen. But again, that's more so pedigree than anything else because um, he has had a couple stints where he's looked okay with the Minnesota Wild. So not interested in these guys, but there are his three numbers names. aren't very good right now, are okay. they? Like no, no, Kappen, I'm asking. He's like an eight ninety four, uh, three eight eight 
goals against average, 13 games. But he also plays on the San Jose Sharks. Which yeah. Is like, like in, I watched but, a little bit of San Jose and hmm. that he looks okay-ish. Like the the one thing I'll know. say is that I don't know which games he played, but if he played one or two of those ten goal against games where they got cratered, that will cook his save percentage for like the next ten games. You know what I mean? Like that would need time to correct itself. So, but honestly, I don't even care about these guys because the next three guys are actually the guys I want to talk about a little bit more here. All three guys are on teams that are going to be likely out of the playoffs this year. Likely. Mm-hmm. Two of them will probably be in rebuild mode. Maybe one of them might be looking for a quick, quick flip around. Two of them might be looking for a quick flip, flip around next year. And I think both of these guys are likely to be, or two, at least one of these guys is for sure getting moved. Mm-hmm. Two of them might get moved and all of them has like a small chance of getting moved here. We'll see what happens when it comes to that though. So right now, the first guy I want to get into, we talked about him a bit. Dan Vladar for the Calgary Flames, right? He currently has this year's played nine games. He's an 872 save percentage, has not looked good throughout the year. Is Dan Vladar, listen, the reason why I'm bringing him up is one, he has a connection with Brad Living. He's already gone out and acquired him once, right? The acquisition cost for him was, I believe it was a second or, second or third round pick. I have to double check. It was a third round pick for Dan Vladar back in 2022. Brad Living's already yeah. gotten him once. Is that, I don't know if you've watched a lot of his game. I uh, mentioned him a lot in the offseason. He hasn't looked good this year. Um, didn't look good last guy, year. Pardon? Didn't look good last year. Didn't look good last year. Makes $2.2 million for the next two years. I assume this is not a guy you're interested in. Not really. No. Um, okay. Like, if, like, just, but I will add if, but he added Nadelkovich. That's the one outlier, I will say. However, if we still had John Elkin, which he's with the Penguins now, with, uh, he's with Duba Nation over there. Uh, the Duba sites. I think that they would have been more likely to go for Dan Vladar because he's one of those. Yeah. He he likes bigger goaltenders. Okay. But he has an Adelkovich who had a pretty good game tonight. I watched that one. Looks a lot better. Um, yeah. And honestly, Nadelkovich UFA this year could be a guy on the list that Pittsburgh is not looking to be in the playoff race around that time, but doubt that will happen. Going to skip over to the next guy. Name. Yeah. Huh. I don't, I don't, I doubt it's going to happen though. I doubt it's going to happen. James Reimer is going to be made available, but I do not want him at all. I don't want him. I, um, I, I think Alex Lyon's going to be their backup moving forward because I've heard nothing but complaints from Red Wings Twitter uh, yeah. about Reimer. Um, fair enough. Next guy I want to get into here uh, is Jake Allen. Jake Allen signed a contract this offseason or last it's too much year. Cap, though. It's, it's a lot of money. He makes 3 8 for the next two years. I understand it's a cap, but I'm just curious what your thoughts are on Jake Allen here. I mean, he's had a good career, right? He seems like he's putting up respectable numbers, 900-ish save percentage over the last four years with Montreal on a not very good Montreal team. Would this be someone you're interested in? No, I would say no, because it's too much money. You have to pay Joseph Wall, right? You have to keep a certain cap efficiency. Um, And because he's not going to be your starting goaltender, I think three eight. Well, you're paying, but let me back up here a second. So two more years. So it ends at the end of next year. Correct. So Wool is signed. Hold on, Wool is signed for this year and next year at seven seventy five. Is that correct? Is it this year and next year? I think I think this is his last year. No. Look that up. I haven't 
I'm guessing no, that's just, the issue. No. Oh, you're you're right. Holy shit, I forgot about that. Yeah, he signed <laughs> for next year. So maybe three eight. Like it's an increase in your your other goaltender by three hundred k. You still need that stable extra guy. You can't go out next year and bargain bin seven seventy five or one point five for a backup goaltender. That's a yeah. little bit risky. What the Penguins did was risky. It's kind of like I. I I haven't watched enough of the Penguins. I haven't watched enough of Nedeljkovic this year, but he looked pretty good tonight. I, I did. I was fairly impressed. I don't actually know what his numbers are this year. And I, I two, think two, actually, the, yeah, two two and one with a nine thirty seven, and I don't think that includes tonight. So not bad. Well, now that you're talking me through, and I kind of, I, I don't know why I thought Joseph Wall was a UFA or sorry, an RFA next year. No, he, he we have so one too. more year, and then he's still still an RFA, which is. Awesome. Credit to Kyle Dubas for signing that contract. That was massive. Appreciate you helping us out on the way out here. But um, I actually like him slowly. I didn't think I was kind of I built this to lead to the last guy, but I kind of like Jake Allen now. So I actually wouldn't be opposed to getting Jake Allen. Um, now, with that context now in mind, considering next year's cap, Hold would on. you so, uh, would, before I add? Um. I don't know why I took such a big pause in the Saddam. Regarding Nadelkovich, it has to be within the right system. It, it would take me a lot to be like, the issue is with like saying yes to a goaltender is their style has to match your system. And it takes a lot to figure out a goaltender. You need at least 10 games to figure out what a goaltender is in terms yeah. of scouting them. Right. Yeah. Like, so like that's where it's good to like kind of def defer to people that know what they're talking about that like follow a team, like goalie people that are follow mm -hmm. a team so that they can, they, they, everyone knows what the numbers are, but then they're able to give you more context behind it because they've watched them game in and game out. So that's where it, it's a little bit different. It's like, have I watched 10 games of Jake Allen this year? I'm not going to lie. No, no, I haven't. He didn't even play tonight in the game. I watched every, Montreal game I've watched, it's been Montembeau. So, like, maybe on Jake Allen. Nadelkovich is also a maybe because he didn't work out in Detroit. Why? His play style absolutely didn't. Well, A, they weren't that good when he was there. But his play style did not match their play style or their defensive style at all. And it, it fell apart. They traded for him. It did not work out. And he ended up having to take a pay cut and going to Pittsburgh like 3.5. He was 3.5 with the Red Wings and then he had to sign 1.5 with the Penguins. So it's tricky. That's where I'm just going to do my best off of what I know of the goaltender. Like Jake Allen would be a maybe my, I, maybe depending on the acquisition price there. Okay. So we got to uh, know for same thing. I'm yeah. maybe depending on who your third goaltender is just in case that doesn't work out. Right. Yeah. So, we got a no for uh, who was it? Uh, Vladar. Vladar. We got a maybe. A straight no on that one. We got a maybe for Jake Allen. The third guy I wanted to bring up for you, who is signed for this year and next year, is Charlie Lindgren on the Washington Capitals, signed for one point one million dollars. I know he's your guy. Listen, the Washington Capitals, unfortunately, whether they like it or not, are married to Darcy Kemper. They signed. They signed him for. The next four years at $5.25 million, they're not looking like to be in the best spot right now. It could come trade deadline time. They might be 
unfortunately, out of a playoff spot, very unlikely to make it. Why the hell are they not starting this guy more? (laughs) Holy shit. I don't know. I don't know. Because (laughs) he has a 931 save percentage in 10 games. So, And we know he looked good for um, the St. Louis Blues in the small stint that he had for them. We know... Yeah, uh, we you. I know this is your guy. I know this is a guy you like, but are you are you in on Lindgren? Are you? What are your thoughts? That's a tough one because the Leafs right now. So you have to think about the situation that we're in. Right, we're not dying for a goaltender. We're not desperate for a goaltender. You know who is desperate for the goaltender is New Jersey. You know who is desperate mm. for a goaltender? Carolina. You know why? Or Carolina, especially I should have said them first. Carolina is last in the league in goaltending. Their goaltending numbers stink. They're terrible. Freddie Anderson's not coming back this year. I'm not confident at all that he's coming back. He has blood clots. Like that's very unfortunate, but it's kind of a death sentence for your career. Like look what happened with Chris Bosch. I know it's a different sport, but, and I'm not a doctor, but sucks. Happens. Yeah. What can you do? So that's where, like, I wonder how much Lindgren would cost the acquisition cost there. Like, he's cheap $1.1 million for this year and next year. Playing some pretty good hockey. He hasn't been a starter ever, barely ever been a, a backup. Last year was like mm-hmm. his second full season, I would say. So how much would the Washington Capitals be looking for him? That would be, that to me is a really interesting question. And I think you should, in theory, be outbid by Carolina because Carolina getting this level of goaltending is unacceptable. Yeah. No. But for, for- like if it was like a a, a, a low mid-round pick, sure, yeah, I'd do it. But, like, to pay more for a guy, but then he could be your backup next year. That's a good one. How, but how expensive could he be? So now you have me pondering. I'm not sure. I didn't need, I did not consider Charlie Lindgren. That's a good one. I, at the very least, if you feel like Martin Jones isn't. Not, I don't want to say as advertised for you, but if you feel like you're going to have to be going, like if you feel like you can't rely on Ilya Samsonov, if you feel like you don't want to rush back Joseph Wall because he's hurt, there's got to be someone there to play those games. And if you don't feel like Martin Jones is the guy, the only other option you have is to seek a trade. And why not get a guy with term? Why not take a stab at Because right now the UFA goalies are terrible. I do not like, go look at them on cap friendly. They're not, they're not, they're not friendly. They're not good. So you're going to have to look for guys who have one to two year, two years left of term. And I mean, Hey, Lindgren is cheap. Maybe Washington says, Hey, we don't want to part ways with him. But also at the same time, maybe Washington says, Hey, we don't know what this guy is. He could be nothing to us. We could just go out and sign a goalie next year. Hold on. Something actually happened a few days ago. A signing news. Do you know what it was? Uh, I don't. It's not big. I don't expect that you would. The Capitals signed Hunter Shepard, a goaltender, for three years. I don't know when, but in that contract, it switches from a two-way to a one-way, I believe. So, as you mentioned, you're paying Kemper a lot of money. 
You have Lindgren for this year and next. They should be playing him more, kind of showcase him a little bit for a trade there. But you have Hunter Shepard there too, who you're going to eventually want to play games it, in the NHL or give a chance at least. Clay Stevenson, not not Hunter Shepard. The only reason why Hunter I would know Shepard played this year was Clay Stevenson. I'm You're up correct. on cap friendly. Yeah, there we are. My apologies, wrong goal. You're good. But either way, do you want to? They have Hunter Shepard there. That's uh, in case you didn't know. Like, do you want to get something out of Lingren before you have this logjam issue next year? Huh. Makes you think. Yeah, it's Makes it's think. honestly, it's a good it seems like one of those sneaky good options that it would maybe it wouldn't you you might not be able to pull it off now. You might have to pull it off in February and March, but you will. You you will have to pull it off then. I've been just because of how like they probably don't feel like they can trust maybe the, either of those guys right now, but it, it, listen, you have a 24 year old goalie who you just extended for three years. You probably envision him being somewhat of a backup at some point. So the, the, the guy we're talking about here has a nine thirty save percentage in 13 games in the AHL. So yeah, it's something, it's something. Anyways, I just wanted yeah. to go into that just to see, you know, I like to stay ahead of things. I like to always be ahead of the curve and try and um, predict instead of react and, so it's not it's not easy to do, but I feel like it's I feel like there's something here for the Charlie Lindgren to the Leafs thing. Maybe not the Leafs, but somewhere, somewhere, but somewhere potential to. Yeah, that's in the worst case scenario where off. Joseph Wall doesn't is like could have like a, a re, risk of re-injury yeah. where it could have potentially affect his career. Yeah, um, one other name. I don't know what's going to like. He carries a big cap hit. I think Chris Dreger looked that name up. He got hurt, I believe. He, or, or no, sorry. Gru- there was a Grubauer who got hurt. Uh oh. Am I mentioning a guy that's hurt? Anyways, no, this no, was no, like I, an I, under the radar, like maybe even for next year thing. He tore his ACL in the world championships uh, after his first year with Seattle. But he, he had a, such a great like short tenure with Carol uh, with Florida, Florida yeah. in a small sample size that it, like wa- like Seattle gladly went out and gave him three by three and a half. Didn't mm-hmm. play well with Seattle, and then tore his ACL, so he couldn't have a comeback season really. And then is now in the AHL, and Joey Decord is getting games over him. I don't know. That would be. I don't think the 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 money would work there, but it's just a name for maybe next year UFA to take a look out for. Uh, yeah, he's maybe. a UFA. Yeah, UFA next year, and I I want to I swear I saw somewhere they got called up. Maybe I'm maybe I'm losing my mind here. Yeah, he got called up. So, so got injured. Huh. Anyways, that's yeah. not a name for trade deadline this year. It's a name for like UFA next mm-hmm. year to see like that that would be a fantastic third goalie option um but so yeah I, i'm i'm rooting for the guy but yeah with florida his last year in florida 14 and 6 record 927 save percentage the season before that he got 11 starts and he had a 938 
just ripped it up somehow with Florida. And then with Seattle, had an 899. So it's a name to look out for next year for UFA. I'm not saying trade for him now, but yeah. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Um, so. You you want to touch on some fun, exciting prospect news? Yes. So Easton Cowan and Fraser Minton officially made the World Junior Squad for Team Canada. They're the first Leafs prospect to make Team Canada. Yeah, the first Leafs prospects mm-hmm. to make Team Canada since 2018 when Ian Scott did it. Uh, the last skaters that were Leafs prospects to make the team was 2016 Travis Dermott and Mitch Marner. They lost in the quarters. The last Leafs prospect to make Team Canada and medal. Do you know who that is? I saw it on Twitter. Can I say it? It's cheating. Yeah. yeah Ready to go. Yeah, it was from Kevin Papetti. <laughs> Our guy Kevin Papetti had that one. Oh, yeah. I thought that was a really funny one. where He medaled in 2015, and clearly he was a big part of that one. But, yeah, uh, exciting news there. Fraser Minton didn't even have to play in the last U Sports game. I don't even know if he played in the first one. Seems like they really, really like him and going to be utilizing him a lot. Easton Cowan was part of that bubble kind of decision, did have to play both games um, and made it. So that's really, really awesome. He's young enough where he could be a returnee next year or he can make the Leafs. Or, One or the other. You know, that's, a, that's a big, big ask. But yeah. I'm, just, I'm just bringing that up. Just bringing that up. So awesome for both of those guys. It was really uh, – it'll make the, the – the, Watching Team Canada games that much more more interesting for Leafs game, Leafs fans. Not that you shouldn't shouldn't have been watching any. You should be should have been watching anyways, in my opinion. Yeah, because the World Junior Tournament's always always a fun one. So yeah, those that's the Leafs prospects news. Love it. I love it. I'm like I'm I'm excited that we actually finally get to watch someone play um, because it's been a long time since I guess the Leafs have had someone on Team Canada where you're rooting for them. Exactly. Play. So. Uh, last, last point. We mentioned the third line. Mentioned them a few weeks in a row now. I want to bring up a scenario. The Leafs scored a power play goal against the Islanders. So you have out there, you have Tavares, you have Nylander, you have Matthews, you have Marner. So you're not playing the top two lines. You yep. don't really want to play a jumbled line after that, such yep. as maybe what you would do um, like – if it's on the fly, you throw it a jumbled line, then you, you get the lines worked back in. You have two lines that you can play. You, you have the third line and you have the fourth line. Keep in mind you are on the road. In UPS Arena or USB Arena or IU, IED Arena or whatever, <laughs> IUD Arena, whatever it's called, you're on the road, you have a power play goal, you're up. You play your third line, Axe Domi. Callie Arncroft, Nick Robertson. Or you can put out Ryan Reeves, David Kampf, and Noah Gregor. Which one do you think Sheldon Keith put out there? If I had to guess, it'd be the fourth line, and we almost got scored on. Put out the fourth line. Who do you think Lane Lambert put out there? Their first or second line. It's They're about the same kind of thing. Yeah. Brock Nelson, Pierre Engvall, 
and Kyle Palmieri, and they got an they had the puck. The, the the Leafs chipped it in. The Islanders brought it right back the other way, and they got they had the puck the whole time. They put a ton of pressure on. They got a great chance. I think it was a block or a sprawled out save that was the result. And the Islanders were able to build some momentum after a leaf goal. Awesome. Love it. He was still Crazy. doing that against the Rangers too. I do not understand it. That's not a shutdown line. Like, That's it, a drinking it, game. Drink every time we score a goal. Take a shot. Like, actually, take a shot if it's a Saturday. If it's on a, if you're on a Saturday, you want a little fun drinking game, it'll get you a little banged up. Drink every time Sheldon Keefe puts out the fourth line after we score a goal. If it's a high-scoring game, you're going to be drinking a lot. Yep. Yep. I just found it frustrating that you're on the road. You're on the road. They have last change. They can see. Oh, so like someone was like to me, oh, like, but you have to play out the fourth line eventually, right? Yeah, you on do. <laughs> but you put it out on the like on the fly. Do you trust your third line that little that they couldn't play a shift after the, you scored? I thought that yeah. was just really, really weird. And, and and then just to kind of seal this off and just add one more thing here, it's like. The chances are whoever plays on their penalty kill is probably on their third and fourth line. So they're automatically like, we're not going to play our first two lines because we just had them on the power play playing minutes. They're probably not going to play their third, fourth line because they've had those players out there. So it's like, you know who they're going to put out there. It's just crazy to me. Anyways. Anyways. um, And then on top of that, do you find it odd that they promoted Noah Gregor? Um, in the game against the Rangers. I know it was a mixed bag. It was 11 and seven, but they had to promote Noah Gregor. They promoted Noah, Noah Gregor and put him a ton with Matthews and Marner, but he's a fourth line guy and they hate the third line and they keep Noah Gregor on the fourth line. I, I, I don't know. I, I think yes and no, because one, I think Noah Gregor is kind of, I don't want to say that he's earned it, but like he's played well enough in like his fourth line role. It feels like a one game spot where it's like, Hey, you've been playing well on our fourth line. We'll give this to you at the same time. Maybe that like, I honestly, the second I heard that it was likely that Nice was going to miss, I thought yarn crook was going to instantly go. Yeah. But then again, knowing Sheldon Keefe, I think yarn crook is the guy who he needs on the third line. Cause he doesn't trust anyone else. So it's like a, a catch 22 for him. It feels like. Yeah, which it's also interesting because Sheldon Keefe is famous for the blender, just blends shit up like way, way too quick. We haven't seen that this year. Yeah, we have players out, and you still try to keep the line the lineup together as much as possible. So it's been interesting. Kudos to him on that part, at least. But playing the fourth line on the road after a goal four. I don't get it, dude. Like, just the, it needs to stop. It needs to stop. Like, try actually. the third line. At least try it. They're not getting shelled. Like, I know the deficiencies of the third line. I'm well aware of the deficiency of the third line. They don't forecheck very well. But they're not getting killed. They're not getting scored on that much. They can do something. They are capable mm-hmm. players. They do generate scoring chances. So, anyways, that was my two cents on that. 
Uh, no, fair enough. We I... didn't get to the clips. We'll get through. We'll get to more clips next week. We'll get them next week. Yeah. We'll Anyways, do you have anything else? That's it for me. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We're going to try to do more trade stuff soon. Um, bit slower this year, but I've got I've gotten through some names, and I've got I've got some names in my head, and I'm very excited to be talking, discussing some of these players. But thanks, everyone, for listening. Go Leafs, go.